You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now about to witness the strength of fantasy knowledge. Fantasy Sports Radio Network, you are now tuned in to the speeds and spitting statistician on Fantasy Freestyle. Up next on that cypher, the, 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 the mic. On the microphone, you know that I'm one of the best yet. Dane Martinez. Yo, 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 what up, dog? That's my man, Benny Ricciotti. How you doing, my uh, man? I think we're ready and raring to go. You know what it is, is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. That's right. And, of course, tonight we got a big contest for the people, and they can participate uh, by heading over to Twitter at FNTSY Radio as we have our sports bracket. And the two movies we have is The Mighty Ducks, a number five seed, versus The Wrestler, a number 12 seed. And right now The Mighty Ducks are vastly ahead, which is shocking to me because The Wrestler was a very good movie. I, the Mighty Ducks was a very good movie too, Tony. I mean, that, that was a that was a classic right now. I mean, every time it's on, sometimes I you know can't change the channel from it right here. And I got to be honest, I don't know if a lot of people even know what movie The Wrestler is. I mean, I know it won a bunch of awards, but the kind of movies that win awards and the kind of movies that actual people watch tend not to be the same most of the time. See that? Why is that? Then how do they get awards? Like, how does all this work? Well, you see, what happens is you got the um, you know hoity-toity guys with their noses up in the air that you know wear suits and sit there and you know critique things like you know the lighting and the cinematography and stuff like that. And then you have the average guys like us who just go and drop ten bucks so we can go to see the movie, and we just want to be entertained. So, you know, for us, any movie that makes us laugh or you know makes us walk out of there kind of happy and saying, "Hey, that's a pretty good movie." You know, that's a lot more important to us than, you know, who wins for, you know, best screenplay or best use of lighting in a movie that ends in the letter Q or something like that that people get awards for now. I'll never forget The Chariots of Fire was a movie that won best costumes. And basically, these guys were runners, so they had a T-shirt and shorts on. I mean, what the heck were you guys thinking of? Yeah, well, like I said, the Academy does a lot of things that a lot of people kind of you know, kind of frown upon and laugh at, and, you know, it's tough to explain them. Yo, my people, we'll be back right here on the Fantasy Freestyle. We'll be rocking it out without our sock out, so don't go anywhere. We'll come back, and we'll talk some movies, and we'll get you fired up. We're in Fuego. Back of the Fantasy Freestyle, where we're hotter than your orange pumpkin with two jack-o'-lanterns in it, and we're not going to stop right here. Yeah. yeah. I'm fired up tonight. I, I know. I'm, I'm enjoying this. It's a, it's a different Tony than I'm used to. <laughs> so, I got to tell you, the 4th of July is tomorrow. Yep. And one of the things that makes America great and makes things... Uh, is you remember baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, Chevrolet is all about America, right? Yeah, those are those are so, four of the things up there. Yeah. So for the longest time, we were tuning in at noon every Fourth of July 
to this hot dog eating contest. And we had this little skinny Japanese guy, Kobayashi, right? Nailing all these hot dogs and, and winning. And then I remember back, it reminded me back of like 1980 in the winter. And we played the Olympics and we didn't like the Russians and we hated each other, right? We didn't, they hated the Russians back then instead of uh, joining in elections with them like we do today. Right. We hated them back then, right? And now we, uh, we, we went and we won and there was great pride and everybody remembers Jim Craig looking for his dad with his American flag wrapped around him. And it was, it was, it was patriotism. And I think we got the same patriotism now on Coney Island, which is in the Statues of Liberty. This shadow is right there on Coney Island. And one day, this young Joey Chestnut, a man that had never really good anything good in life, he couldn't get a date for his prom. And then all of a sudden, he started nailing down hot dogs like nobody's business. And he said, I'm going to nail down more hot dogs than anyone in the world. And I'm going to defend America's honor on the 4th of July. And we're not going to have somebody else come in our country and eat more hot dogs than an American. And I give this guy a lot of credit. I think he's one of the most patriotic uh, sports entities in the world. Well, I mean, I do remember, you know, people had the American flags out there when him and, and Kobayashi yes. were going after it. And, you know, I think they got in a tie and he had to it had to go to an eat off. Where you know they had to uh, they had to throw a couple more hot dogs down their throat after getting a little bit of a break there for a minute, but here, here's some crazy stats here for you, Tony. There are 300 million people, give or take, in the United States. Guess how many hot dogs are expected to be consumed on July 4th? 300 million in the United States. So, is it too much to think that everyone's going to have one hot dog? It, it is a I'm little. Go with that. It is a little. Uh, that's a little high because there are some people who right. are vegetarians, and there are some people who and there's the gluten free. Yeah, you know who do other things, but the number I was so actually I'm gonna shocked. Go two two hundred million, two hundred million. It's a little less. It's about a hundred and fifty million is what's predicted to that's be eaten. That's a lot eaten. of hot dogs. Now remember here too is that not everybody's going to have one. There are people like Joey Chestnut on July Fourth who are going to eat <laughs> sixty or seventy of them. So really, there's only probably about 100 million people having hot dogs on that day. But that's still pretty good. I mean, we can't even get one third of the country to agree on anything. So if we can get them all to agree that a hot dog is a good thing to eat on July 4th, we're making America great again. There's some progress going on here. See, I get that. I like that. And you guys, while you're thinking about your hot dogs that you can have tomorrow, head over to Twitter at FNTSY Radio and vote for the favorite movie, uh, The Fantasy Ducks. Or the wrestler, and we'll break that down a little later in the show. How the voting's going now? All these hundred million plus people eating these hot dogs, right? Now they do it a little differently in the contest because they 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 jam them down really quickly. Like you're never going to do that at a cookout. And I never knew the fascination with loading up with water uh, so you can get them down. Like I've never gone to a cookout and say I'm going to dump my hot dog in a little water. Uh, so I can get these down before the next one gets off the grill. I mean, that would be a statement if you go to a cookout and try that. 
Well, all right. So last year when we were, you know, we were down the shore or I was down the shore for Fourth of July weekend and a bunch of my cousins were there and there may or may or may or may not have been a little bit too much alcohol involved. But we actually decided to do this. We were going to have a a hot dog eating contest. So we sat there for a good, I don't know, half hour, 40 minutes and just constantly made hot dog after hot dog after hot dog and then brought them inside and kept them on top of the stove so that they would, uh, you know, that they would all stay there. So I don't understand how these guys get to the numbers that they get to in this hot dog eating contest, Tony, because we tried to do it, same rules as them and everything else. I got the three. Um, my cousin who wound up winning it, big guy, you know, much much bigger than I am, probably about 6'2", you know. I don't know. He says he's 220, but he's probably pushing a little bit closer to 240, 250. I think he put down seven, and he wound up winning it. Now, that's seven's pretty impressive. Now, that was with the bun or without the bun? With the bun. Like, we tried, we tried to do the, like, yeah. we tried to follow. We were like, ah, because, you know, when you're drunk, you think you can do anything. And we were all like, we can definitely do this. And we can eat 70 hot dogs in three minutes or whatever they get for it and all that stuff. Yeah, it is, uh, it's not fun. And after drinking all day, it also doesn't work out very well at the end of the evening. So I wouldn't advise anybody to try this tomorrow. There are some July 4th traditions that, you know, are better left watched and not uh, participated in. All right. So, yeah, that, that's a little tough there. Now, it's interesting because we have the whole addition. What do you now? Here's the thing. When Kobayashi was lost in it, there was 1.8 million viewers uh, for the hot dog eating contest. Now, when Kobayashi was out in a contract dispute, there was 1.15. So 700,000 more viewers with Kobayashi there. Now, I don't know if they were from Japan. I don't know if people like the rivalries. Uh, but Kobayashi uh, was actually a guy that uh, fueled this hot dog eating thing. Well, yeah, and you know, it's it, and it's actually not just this hot dog eating thing, Tony. The people who are involved in it will get very mad at you if you don't call it by its correct name, which is competitive eating. So it, it's a competitive <laughs> eating thing, because I mean, the hot the Nathan's hot dog one is the big one that the average person knows about, but you know, they have the wing bowl and they have the chili bowl and they have the avocado bowl and. You know, there are all these different things where all over the country, you know, you you basically compete to see how much food you can eat. So, you know, these guys, they work hard. They're, you know, they're athletes as well. They eat all day long and, you know, make sure they stretch their stomach out and and get themselves ready to compete in these competitions. So, you know, it it is kind of a big thing. But, yeah, I kind of agree with you. But isn't that the same way in any sport, though? I mean, you know, if you have a sport that's uh, an event-driven sport – it really comes down to your stars, no matter what sport that is. I mean, that's even the problem that people are saying right now with, you know, boxing. There's no, you know, we talked about this on On Target this morning, how if I said to everybody out there real quick, name me the heavyweight champion of the world right now, most people can't do it. And now again, there are actually five of them right now, and, and, and name me one. Go ahead. Anybody name me one of the heavyweight champions. Most people can't even answer that no. now. You look 15, 20 years ago when the Mike Tysons and the Evander Holyfields and those guys were coming in. You know, everybody knew Mike Tyson was the champ. Everybody knew Holyfield was the champ. You know, you go back even longer than that, 30, 40 years when guys like Ali and Frazier and, yeah, all these guys. You know, it it was like, you know, you you were the king of the world. I mean, we, we joke about it, but, you know, in America you used to be... You know, the, the home run hitting king it was Babe Ruth and, the, you know, the heavyweight champ. You know, they were like three or four things that were 
you know, made you kind of like an instant celebrity. I mean, when you were the heavyweight champ back in the day, people didn't even call you by your name, Tony. They just walked around and called you champ because you were the man. And you know what? We don't have that nowadays. It's not as big a deal. There once was a man from Nantucket with a hot dog so long he couldn't chuck it. So he said with a grin, I'm going to throw this thing in the bin. And that's how he spent his 4th of July. And we're the Fantasy Freestyle, brought to you by the folks of the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. As we got things moving and shaking tonight, a little hot dog eating competitive going on here. Uh, We've got some movies galore. And, of course, we got a boxing match that ended up a little crazy on Saturday night. Where a guy won, and people couldn't figure out how he won. And even they had a computer that keeps track of their punches. And he threw 200 more punches than the other guy. And I I don't know. Like, he didn't expect to win. He still has a job. He's a teacher. He had, like, a little time off, so he decided to box Manny Pacquiao. What the heck is going on in the world of boxing? We used to know who the heavyweight champion was. We used to have fights, and there used to be winners and losers. Now I think we have 1-900 numbers. You call up and pick the winner. I have no idea what's going on. We'll figure it out. Stay tuned for more Yo, 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 Fantasy Freestyle. Welcome back to the Lineup Block Show, brought to you by DailyRoto.com. Continued? No, it's not. It's the Fantasy Freestyle, and Benny and Tony are here for an extra hour. Dane Martinez is off, and we've got some movies in play. You can go over to Twitter, and you can vote right now at FNTSY Radio for your favorite sports movie, The Mighty Ducks or The Wrestler. And make sure you go over there and vote on that. Uh, we've got Major League Baseball action underway. The Philadelphia Phillies ahead of the Pittsburgh Pirates in the first inning, two to nothing, on a two-run homer by Freddie Galvis. As of right now, it looks like uh, uh, Mr. Nova in a little bit of trouble there, and also trouble in the Yankees-Toronto game. The New York Yankees have put one run across on Marcus Stroman already, and bases are loaded with Jacoby Ellsbury at bat. And so the Yankees won nothing in with one out in the first inning there. And uh, Miami, we had uh, D. Gordon get on base, get to third base, uh, but then Adam Wainwright was able to get out of the jam. And that's where we are on today's action. One other game started at 6 o'clock. We had the New York Mets, Washington Nationals. Nothing, nothing in the fourth inning in that one. A pitcher's duel with Steven Matz and Steven Strasburg. So, Tony, let me throw one more thing in on top of this. For any of you guys who are uh, people who listen to us on the DFS lineup lock and you got some lineups in there tonight, uh, quick late-breaking news that happened here, and you still have time to late-swap it out. Brian Dozier was scratched tonight from that start for the Minnesota Twins. So Dozier is going to be out. It makes it makes me like Alex Meyer a little bit more if you threw him in there as your, you know, your crazy cheap pitcher punt option. But the reason why I really wanted to say this is if you have Dozier in your lineup, make sure you go ahead and go and get him out there right now. I'll have to uh, – I think I have him in one of mine. So we'll have to take a look and see who we can who we can put in there instead that we might be able to get some uh, some production out of here tonight. So there you have it. Brian Dozier is a guy I uh, certainly like tonight if you're staying out of the 
uh, situation in Colorado. I think he was a, a great, great alternative uh, for people there. So uh, make sure you take a look at that. And the Washington Nationals, um, uh, uh, William Wilmer DeFeo has actually got two hits in the game tonight. He's the guy that's getting all the hits uh, for them. Now, one of the things that we talked about before we went to break was Saturday night, Manny Pacquiao fought on ESPN absolutely free in Australia. Now, did you see any of this? I didn't watch the fight, but I've been, you know, I've heard, I was on Twitter and I saw all the controversy and heard what everybody says, and I've seen a lot of the highlights. I, I mean, I got to be honest, from what I'm seeing of the whole situation and what I read here is that, you know, Pacquiao basically beat, beat him up most of the fight. I mean, Pacquiao even so far is saying, like, he kind of feels like, you know, he might have been set up for a loss in this case because every one of the numbers by the computer, like you were saying before, says that Pacquiao won the fight. Everybody who watched the fight thought that Pacquiao won the fight. I mean, there was even a point in the ninth round, I think, where the referee said the horn, like, you know, are you all right? Are you, hey, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. And he's like, you know, if you don't, you know, if I don't like what I see out of you in the next round, if you're not able to protect yourself, I'm going to have to end this. So... I don't know. I have no idea how he wound up winning. I've I've seen and heard all the controversy. I mean, you know, this is part of the problem, I think, with boxing right now is that, you know, people kind of think it's fixed. And when stuff like this happens, it doesn't really help that narrative any. See, the problem here in this fight is that when people, they announced that it was a, a unanimous decision and it was like 117 to 111 on one of the judges' scorecards. Yeah. They they shot they for so people expected Pacquiao to certainly win that one, and it, it didn't happen. But the thing is, is that Pacquiao was a uh, five hundred uh, to one uh, favorite in this fight, right? Yep. So are there like there's got to be if this is truly a decision that somehow got away. What is the benefit? Like I, I was like making this this talk about this today on the on the fantasy news desk. There is no benefit to having this fight happen again. This guy is the luckiest guy in the world, this this guy from Australia. He's not even a fighter. He's a teacher and he fights, you know, part time. He's like not a fighter. Well, it's like, so this is like the Rocky Balboa story, to say right? That. Yeah, I was just about to say. It's like a real-life Rocky story, only instead of him losing to Apollo in the end, he actually walks away with the W. He wins, but nobody believes he actually won. So I think Rocky had a better way to get a you know rematch and go from there. And nobody's going to pay to watch this fight, I don't believe. So what are they going to do, put it on ESPN again? Yeah, I mean, I, I get now this was for a belt too, right? So isn't this guy like a world champ yeah. now? Uh, and this I, is, I guess this is, this is my problem with boxing right now is you know, I mean, here's here's the thing, and and I don't want to get too much into you know the differences here, but you know, people always say, why is the UFC being so successful right now and boxing isn't? The UFC is so successful right now because they have a central body that's controlling the sport. Whereas in boxing, it's kind of like every man for himself, which works out great for a guy like, you know, Pacquiao or Floyd Mayweather, who can go and make themselves, I mean, you know, an incredibly insane amount of money for every fight that they're in. But for the average guy, it's not working out better for him. And here's the other thing that's a problem. You know, if you're a belt holder, you should be fighting the number one contender. You should be fighting a guy who, you know, has beaten everybody else up and earned his shot at going and and getting a title. 
you shouldn't be fighting some teacher from Australia who, you know, is a journeyman <laughs> fighter. Because now, like you said, this guy is now the champ. And you know what? I don't know if you saw the pictures after the fight. I mean, Pacquiao was a little banged up. The other guy's in the hospital right now. You know, so that just kind of goes to show you, like, how, how ridiculous this whole situation was. And now this guy who really had no business being in the ring with Pacquiao and, and lost the fight from everybody who looked at it, you know, firsthand, he now has to go defend his belt, Tony. So now he's going to go take on a, a, a real, you know, prospect, somebody who's probably a lot younger, somebody who Pacquiao has probably been ducking for a while, you know, just like he did Mayweather for the longest time out there. And, you know, it, it's going to be a, a bloodbath, and I almost feel bad for the guy. So like you said, it actually might have worked out better even if Pacquiao did win. But, but this is my problem with boxing. You got the WBO, you got the WBC, you got the IBF. You got five different champions in every weight class, and nobody can name any of them. No, and here's what happened here. Here's some of the numbers from this fight. Uh, Pacquiao landed double the amount of punches of Horn in this round, right? So uh, basically, uh, Pacquiao landed 182 punches, Horn landed 92. Horn threw 625 punches, Pacquiao threw 573, but Horn landed 93 fewer punches. Pacquiao landed 32% of his punches, Horn landed just 15%. The judges voted 115 to 113, 115 to 113, and then 117 to 111 for Horn. Horn was beaten so bad in the ninth round that they almost stopped the fight, yep. as Benny was referring to that several other people not involved in this gave Pacquiao the fight that round, 10-8. So these numbers are insane. And my question is, if they're that bad and everybody's you know on the same page, why aren't the judges going to jail? Yeah, and, I mean, obviously there was something going on here. And, I, and you know, this is one of the things to, to kind of draw on a bigger topic that we've been talking about here on the station lately with all the stuff that's going on. This is one of those things about sports betting that has a lot of people, you know, worried about what happens if sports betting becomes legal. I mean, you got to know that in a situation like this, for this to be this egregious, Somebody made some money somewhere, Tony. There was a big bet put in, whether it's overseas or whether it was, I mean, because these are both overseas fighters. It's not like either one's in the U.S. You know, so maybe it, maybe it didn't go through the Las Vegas casinos. Maybe it wasn't one of those things that, you know, they were able to catch and say, hey, there could be some fraud going on here. But this is the problem that people have with, you know, everyone talking about legalizing sports betting all over the country now. There's no way to really stop stuff like this from happening. Now, it's one thing when, you know, people say, oh, well, you can fix a basketball game. Well, no, it's tough to do that in the NBA because all those guys out there are making, you know, literally millions and millions of dollars where, you know, the amount of money you'd have to pay them in order to throw a game, it kind of pales in comparison to the amount of money that you can win doing it. But like we saw happen back in the 90s and they made a movie about it. It's very easy to do something like that in college athletics because those kids aren't getting paid. And, I mean, that opens up a whole nother can of worms. That'll be four different discussions we can do on different shows. But, you know, this is one of the issues that people have is when you have sports betting, there's always going to be somebody trying to get an edge and trying to, you know, figure out a way around it all. You know, and obviously in this situation, I mean, that's the only explanation I can have for it is that, you know, somebody got to the judges or the judges were in on, on some kind of big bet where, you know, if they had any chance to let Horn win, they were going to make sure it happened. I could fix a game. I, I know I could fix any game. 
And the key to fixing the game, to me, is that I, I follow the player around and I, I get their tendencies, right? And then I find one that likes to go out late at night and likes to hit the clubs, which is probably like over half the players, right? Yeah, I was going to say, so there's I, probably I a big pool of people, yeah. <laughs> right? Now, now I find a married one, right? And then I hire the hottest-looking girl in the world, but I get her a hotel room. I put video cameras in the hotel room, and I get this guy drunk. I videotape the whole escapade, and then I say, hey, I don't need you to throw the game, but I just need you to lose, you know, win by nine or lose by nine, and your wife will never see this video. Yeah. And why can't this be done all the time? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, that is the the threat and that is the thought that a lot of people have right here is, you know, there there are ways to go about doing it that way. And, and that's what a lot of people are worried about with all the sports betting and everything else that's going on is, you know, you could find guys that put themselves in compromising positions and they could be compromised. And, you know, that's one of the that's one of the drawbacks that we got to deal with. It's the Lineup Lock Show brought to you by DailyRoto.com. That's continued tonight all of a sudden to the Fantasy Freestyle right here on Sports Byline, American Forces Radio, and, of course, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after this. Welcome back. Fantasy Freestyle. Right here, special edition. Dane Martinez off tonight. Benner, Johnny, myself getting you ready for the 4th of July. Tomorrow night, we'll be back right here. For people all up there getting their uh, their groove on, we'll be here from 6 to 8 tomorrow night again, getting it done on the 4th of July. Yeah, eating hot dogs, baby. I'm ordering about a dozen before yeah. our 6 o'clock show starts, so I apologize if you guys can't understand me while I talk with my mouth full. What kind of condiments do you use? I'm a straight mustard guy, Tony. And I also think people who put really? ketchup on hot dogs are weird. You know, you know, I'm not a big ketchup guy on a hot dog, but I'm a relish guy. And I sort of feel like, I don't know, people are prejudiced against me because not all the time they have a relish. Yeah. No, I understand. You know what I really like? I, I like when they you get those little onions, too, that, you know, you can get to go along with the hot dogs and you put them on top as well. Um, like Sabretz makes the little like side onion things. That's why you got to go to a place. Like if you're going to eat hot dogs, like you don't just eat like a random hot dog from like, you know, the guy on the corner in New York City. Like you got to go to like a real hot dogs place like a Nathan's or, you know, like a place on the boardwalk on the, on the Jersey Shore or over in Coney Island. Like those are places that they take pride in it. They have all the condiments that you can want there. They have, you know, you can get hot cheese and chili and relish and, you know, mustard yeah. and pickles and onions and ketchup and, you know, whatever else you can think of to put on. They got it all there. When you get those chili cheese dogs and they're really good and they're really filthy and they, they fill up. I mean, you you become irregular for days. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've had some very good chili you know, chili hot dogs over on, on the Jersey Shore. And, you know, I've done that quite a few times before. Yeah, they do kind of, you know, come back and, and haunt you later on in the night. But, man, they're so good on the way down. Um, how do you like to cook your hot dogs? See, like some guys like to grill them. Other guys, you know, cook them and stuff. I'm a, I'm a boiled hot dog guy. Like, I like the boiled hot dog myself. Yeah, I actually don't mind either one. You know, and in, in living up in the northern, northeast part of the country, in the winter, 
you know, if you're having hot dogs, you pretty much boil them. You're not going to go stand outside in the snow and fire up the grill. Yeah. But, you know, to me in the summer, I mean, I, I don't even cook. We don't even turn the stove on in our house in the summer. I think we grill outside and, you know, we try to eat. And we had like a little picnic table we did out in the yard there. We try to eat outside as often as the, the weather allows it for us because, you know, there's only so many months out of the year when you live in the Northeast, you're allowed to do that. So when you have a chance to, you should go do it. What about the bugs? Don't the bugs attack your food? No, oh, we got those tiki torches. You know, those tiki torches with the, the bug repellent spray? Yeah, you're usually pretty good with that. Oh, so it keeps the bugs away? Yeah, and it's also good if you have a cigar and you can't find a lighter or, or, or you know, matches. You just use the tiki torch. It's not that dangerous, especially for somebody like me with a lot of facial hair. Really? You know what? I heard a girl tell us this, this is a dumb joke today. Oh, I don't know if it's a joke, actually. I was in Walmart, right? <laughs> I don't put anything by it. If it was in I, Walmart, it might not be a joke, yeah. yeah. At first, I thought it was a joke, but now I'm thinking about it. Maybe it wasn't. She said, I like my grapes like I like my men. I like 27 of them, and I like them dark. That's, uh, yeah, I don't know if she was joking or not, but I don't understand why 27. Is that just a random number, or? Is that all? Is that I don't all, know. Like is that a, all the grapes a, she can handle, grapes? or you know, I don't know. That's what I mean. Is that like a grapes? Are they that good? I, I don't know. I, like I don't eat grapes. Like I don't. I don't like squishy things in my mouth. Um, <laughs> so I don't eat grapes. Like those things are squishy, right? I mean, I can't. I, I mean, thinking about it, it's getting me nauseous. Yeah, I, I <laughs> unintentional humor is the best. But yes, um, yeah, I, I really don't know where to go right now, Tony. I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> the Cardinals have put up four in the bottom of the first inning. It's four nothing Cardinals. Uh, their offense provided by Tommy Pham with a triple, Jed Jerko with a hit in a stolen base in this one, and Matt Carpenter has a hit in a scored run, as uh, Stephen Piscotti also an RBI, a run scored, and a hit in that one. And Philadelphia still 2-0 over Pittsburgh, New York Yankees 2-0 over Toronto, and the Washington Nationals up. Oh, no, they're not up. 0-0 in the fifth inning. They are up to bat right now, and that's where we are in Major League Baseball. Right now, Steven Matz and Steven Strasburg dueling uh, to uh, great, great pitching performances thus far in those contests. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Cardinals being up a bunch of runs early here is, is a good thing for me. I mean, I told you guys I was trying to stay away from using the Rockies tonight, which, again, I mean, no matter how many runs you get, you can never feel comfortable when the Coors game hasn't started yet. But I did stack up two teams tonight in most of my, my tournament teams. I used two teams, and I put them in a whole bunch of different tournaments. One of them was a stack of the Red Sox. The other one was a stack of the Cardinals. So the Cardinals stack is off to a pretty good start tonight. Uh, even on my Red Sox stack, I had some exposure to Piscotti and Jorko, I think, were, were two of the one-off plays I had. I mean, we talked about it on the lineup block show, Tony. I mean, Jeff Locke is just not a good pitcher. You know, he's not good at this point in his career, and he really struggles with right-handed bats. And you look at that lineup, other than Matt Carpenter up there at the top, they threw a whole bunch of right-handed bats, and just go and check out what happened. Second guy up, right-handed bat, Tommy Fan, he hit a triple. Piscotti, right-handed bat, singled him in. You know, the guy behind him and Jorko, he hit a single. You know, the guy behind him was uh, Yadier Molina, another right-handed bat. He had the sacrifice, uh, you know, the sacrifice RBI to get him over, so... This is why you stack up a team here. When the pitcher is bad on the other side and everybody gets a chance, I mean, they may bat around in the first inning. We might end up getting five, maybe even six at-bats out of everybody on that St. Louis team tonight. 
Now, I said earlier in the show that the Golden State Warriors had signed a free agent, and uh, they have. And who would have thought that they would go out and get one? But it's Kevin Durant. He's back for two years, uh, taking $53 million. It would be crazy if Kevin Durant went and left, you know. It's one of those things. Once you win that title, uh, maybe he had to go back. But, no, nope, he's going to Golden State. He got two years at $53 million. Yeah, so here is the thing, Tony, that makes this uh, you know pretty crazy. If you look at – somebody tweeted this out, and I'm trying to see if I can find it again. But basically, if you look at the chart of the Golden State Warriors, the amount of money that they're spending, the amount of money that they have under, um, you know, under cap and all that stuff at the moment – in another year from now, I think, oh no, two years from now, they will actually be paying more in luxury tax than they are spending on the actual salary cap. So they're, I think the salary cap's like one, I want to say it's like 170 or something like that, and they'll actually be spending about $200 million just paying off the luxury tax for the amount of uh, penalties that they have for being over the salary cap with this team that they're trying to keep together here. Absolutely amazing stuff. And, of course, the Denver Nuggets signed Paul Millsap to a three-year, $90 million deal. Now, this is an interesting player because I believe Millsap's a good player. I don't know if he's great and he never got that opportunity. Um, what's your thoughts on Denver now having Millsap a joke in the front court there? And this could be a very, very interesting uh, front court with the Denver Nuggets. I, I actually like this move a lot for them because – the thing, I agree with you, Millsap, if you talk about, like, your definition of what an elite player is, you know, like a max player, like, a, you know, a guy like LeBron, a guy like Kevin Durant, these guys that can, like, single-handedly change their team and do it all, Millsap is not to that level. But Millsap is a step below all those guys because while he may not be a superstar at all those things, he's above average at every single facet of the game. He's a guy who's definitely a starter on any and every team in the league that he goes to. You'll, you'll find a way to get this guy into your starting lineup. There are very few teams, if any, that wouldn't find the spot for Millsap. And that's the other thing that's great about him is he's versatile. I mean, last year at times when Dwight Howard wasn't playing well, he played center. You know, his, his normal spot is power forward, but for a guy who's a power forward, he's a matchup nightmare because he can go step outside, he can hit a short jump shot there, he can go to the basket there, he's athletic enough to do that, he's big enough to rebound, he's strong enough to, you know, to bang it around inside, he sees the floor well enough to, to get assists, he's a great defensive player, he gets steals, he gets blocks, he's going to help them on the defensive end, which is, you know, something that the other big guys they have, whether it be Jokic or any of the other guys behind them, really did didn't help them all that much on the defensive end last year, so I think it's a great move for them. The only problem I have, and again, we got to look and see. You know, it's still a couple months before the season starts. The problem I had with the Nuggets last year is they went ten deep with really good players, but they didn't have any really great players until Jokic came along and started getting minutes and, and showing us how good he really can be. I would have liked to have seen them package some of these guys that they have here together. You know, whether it be a Will Barton or a, or you know a Chandler or you know maybe one of, maybe a guy like a Murray, one of their draft picks. You know, package two or three of these guys together to another team and get another star or two to add to them. You know, you have Jokic as the piece to build around. Now you have Millsap as well. And then they have about seven or eight guards that are all basically decent but not great players. I don't know. They definitely have the talent to compete. I don't know if they have the talent to really win, though. And then another move I really like is a guy named Otto Porter for the Washington Nationals. I just thought he would never get the ball in his hands enough. 
uh, to create his game to the next level, and I think he has all the tools there. Now, Sacramento, a team absolutely in need of talent, sign them to an office sheet now. The Bullets, or the Wizards, have the opportunity to uh, match that. Um, I'm sure that they uh, will try to match it, but they did give him a maximum contract. Yeah, it's a what is that a four year like hundred and six million dollar deal or something like that? Like it's a lot. I saw the deal today and I like did a double take. I'm like, wait, that's the Otto Porter deal? Like he got offered a ton of money. Yeah, and uh, I don't know how they're going to be able to keep him. So he'll be in Sacramento, and I think he'll become a big fantasy option. Well, again, Sacramento is bad. We talked about it last year, and whenever you have a a, a decent player that goes to a bad team. You know, he went from being, what, the third, fourth option at best on Washington to a guy who could be the first or second option here in Sacramento. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely think you can expect that at the very least his minutes and his shot attempts and his his touches and usage rate are all going to go up this year. Uh, There we have it. Now we have Donnie Burns with us tonight. Now, Donnie, uh, are you an Otto Porter guy? I am. I'm actually surprised like you guys. That was a a pretty big contract. I know – uh, Tony, you're pretty big on him in daily play. Uh, I don't know as much if he should be making that much money, but, I mean, good for him. That's a ton of money. What about uh, the situation with Paul Millsap in Denver? I do like Paul Millsap. The only knock on him is that he's getting old, but I do agree with Benny. He's good at every facet of the game. Um, without him, you know, they're talking the Hawks won't even make the playoffs. So, you know, he's pretty effective. uh like you said, stepping out and shooting the three at that stretch four. So I look to see this Denver team is pretty young, but they got a lot of good pieces. Uh, I wasn't too big on Jamal Murray when he first came in, but he's going to turn out to be a pretty good NBA player. He was he was and, great uh, in the Futures you, game last year. Yeah, he, he let it up. How do you like your hot dog prepared, Donnie? Uh, I'm not a big hot dog guy. I'm actually a cheeseburger guy. Well, everybody's a cheeseburger or a hot dog, but he's, sometimes he's you a communist. With what's given to you? He's a communist, Tony. He's not American. I, I guess I'm an enemy of the fantasy freestyle right now because I really don't like hot dogs. Yeah, he's not trying to make America really? great again. No, no. Do you now, eat apple uh, pie? Would you root nope. for? But you do drive a Chevy, don't you? I drive a Dodge. All right, Dodge. Well, Dodge Chevy. They they merged, right? They're the same thing. Is that close enough, Tony? He's got one out of three. At the yeah, he's like a spy. He's not quite American. <laughs> He's uh, Donnie Burns. He'll be there. When we come back, we're going to break down tonight's winner of the the top movie, and I'll move on in this little movie poll they got going on, uh, which featured the Mighty Ducks versus the wrestler. And I think America screwed up. But you know what? I think like they they get all in love with these little furry animals. And Amelia Estevez, who was once married to Paula Abdul, was he really? I did not know that. Yeah. How's that? How's that for a little trivia? Yeah, what they, what they call it? The the Brat Pack? Him and his uh, St. Elmo's Fire yeah. buddies and all? Yeah, which is a lot different than me and my friends. We were the Whack Pack. Uh, eh, I mean, it's a shoe fits. You gotta wear we it. We told jokes. Yeah. We told jokes. Stay tuned for more Fantasy Freestyle. Brought to you by the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to 
back to the Lineup Log Show, brought to you by DailyRoto.com. And of course, all week, we're here with the Lineup Log Show, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern, then the Fantasy Freestyle. It's then get a little extra with Benny and myself. And of course, <coughs> Fantasy Freestyle is the way to go, right? People get excited about it every night, and they, uh, they get a little fast-paced, a little... Uh, a different fantasy sports take than most nights. Yeah, so Tony, I actually have a special guest in studio tonight. I have I have my friend Taylor here with me because she wanted to um, weigh in on whether or not she thought the Mighty Ducks or the wrestler was going to win tonight's contest. All right, Taylor, what do we got? I must say, uh, Mighty Ducks, 100%. So there you go. She agrees with America that the Mighty Ducks should be moving on in our movie contest for tonight. So there you go. Another another what country heard like, from. What did she like? What did she like about the Ducks movie? What did you like about the Mighty Ducks? Why is that the better movie? I mean, they're. What? That's true. The guy couldn't stop when he skated. That is true. He, he couldn't stop when he skated. It's just like the the monumental like. New York City. That's true. It, it, it's the whole the the whole. Uh, well, it's also the U.S. I mean, the USA wins. So everything. anytime the U.S. USA wins, USA wins, hundred percent. So 100%. she is uh, on July fourth. We're here, and Taylor is trying to make America great again by voting for the Mighty Duck. <laughs> they have it. It's the fantasy freestyle brought to you on the pre Fourth of July right here. On American Forces Radio, Sports Byline, and of course, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And the winner tonight by America, the Mighty Ducks, 79% of the vote, 21% to the wrestler right there. And you can vote until midnight tonight on FNTSY Sports Radio and make sure you're there. That's it for the Fantasy Freestyle. We'll be back tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the 4th of July. Be careful, be safe, and have a little fun. We'll be back tomorrow night. See you then.